right, Joe, you want to come on up? Here you go. Here you go, sir. Thank you. Oh, it's hey, a high it, seat. It's me. a high seat, except when you weigh as much as I do, it sinks down a little bit. <laughs> hey, uh, if you're new with us, this is yeah. Joe Ewan. The reason why so many people clap is because Joe has been a significant uh, influencer in our church. He's poured into many of us over the years in significant ways, and so we want to honor him. And when he comes around, it's just fun. Last week, I shared with you the holidays are a time for family visitors, right? And we had Robert with us last week. Joe, another part of our extended church family, coming this week. And we're going to continue our discussion. Uh, our theme verse for today is Ephesians 5, 17. And if you've been with us, we've been kind of circling around and learning about this verse for several months now. Uh, Ephesians 5, 17, Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so we've been circling around this idea, this calling that we have as disciples to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be a people filled with the Spirit. And all that means in our relationship with God, in our personal character, and in the ministries that God works through us. So last week, we interviewed Pastor Robert Herber about what's that look like in his life. Today, I'm gonna interview Joe and let him share with you. And my hope is that there'll be something from hearing kind of, a, kind of a, an older brother or a father figure, or for some of you, a brother, um, of, hey, this, this might be something that God wants to work in me in a similar way. I'd invite you to take notes, to write things down, to really soak in on this time. So we'll get started. Uh, Joe is from Scotland, so I have a Texas accent. Joe has a Scottish accent, and we'll meet in the middle somewhere. So, Joe... Amen. <laughs> so, Joe, share with us a bit, for those of, you, for those of us that are new to, to knowing you, share with us a bit about your upbringing, your family of origin. What role did faith in Christ kind of play in your family early on? Just help us get to know you a little bit. Okay, well, I've... Uh, Grew up in a little town called Macduff in Scotland. And um, I went to church. Well, I went to a Presbyterian church in the morning, then Sunday school, then went to a Brethren church Sunday school in the afternoon. So I went three times uh, on a Sunday when I was a little kid. I met the Lord in the Brethren church when I was about five, six years old. But, you know, there was no discipleship back then, so we didn't really grow much in the Lord. My mother, as a young girl, was part of the Salvation Army. Oh, wow. Um, when I used to question her about it, uh, she would back off a little bit because she backslid and stuff. And so my family weren't really strong Christians at all. Um, and I think out of the, you know, I have three sisters and a brother. Um, I was the only one that really continued on from those early days. Mm. So in your childhood and kind of as you grew to a teen, what was your experience like with the Holy Spirit or when did that become a part of your kind of relationship with God? Well, I, I never understood anything about the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it wasn't until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, it happened on a Saturday night in 1977 before most of that folks out there were born probably. Yeah. 
And you were probably in diapers. I don't I wasn't born. Yeah. You weren't born. Oh, I know. I look goodness. older. Huh? I'm even older. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and anyway, um, I, the Lord visited me in my bedroom at midnight on a Saturday night. Hmm. And I had a blind and light experience. Wow. And uh, he baptized me in the Holy Spirit and never even asked me. Hmm. Wait, so now that, anyway, that might be a okay. little bit of a shock for right, a little you know. Shock, yeah. Okay, so walk us through that kind of you're you're hanging out on a Saturday night, going to sleep, and and it just what happened? No, well, I had a great hunger for the Lord. I wanted to hear His voice. I wanted to understand the Lord more, and um, it 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 all it all happened. You know, in our in our family, Yvonne and I, we have. We don't really argue at all. We're very peaceable people, but we have this thing called intense fellowship every now and again. <laughs> and, all the married and people it's, said amen. It's, um, it's one of those things that happens, and she had just got saved. Yvonne had got saved through reading The Cross and the Switchblade, mm. um, Nikki Cruz's book. Yeah. And, and then she started to question me. She said, well, you say you're a Christian, but you're not very enthusiastic, are you? Mm. You see? which led to the argue word, you know, mm. happening. And uh, so there was a little bit of, I left the house that day. I wasn't coming back. And the only thing is I was a, a fisherman and I needed to pick up my clothes. So I had to go back home to get them. Now, so. hold, hold on a second. When, when Texas, when we say fisherman, we mean on the weekend, we go out and cast a, cast a rod and reel. When you say fisherman, explain to everybody what that, what that meant. Yeah, I left school before my 15th birthday and became a fisherman and uh, on and I fished in the North Sea. Ended up having my own fishing boat. That was 17 years of fishing. In eight of those years, I was the skipper of my own 70-foot trawler. Okay, so a little bit more serious than when Texans say fishing, right? Yeah. So you're going out to work. Yeah. Keep going. So that Sunday in in, in May 1977, um, I left for the sea, and Yvonne had given me a New Testament so that I would get to know the Lord more. <laughs> and I was reading John 15 that day, that Monday morning, about 100 miles east of Aberdeen. That's halfway between Norway and Scotland. And I was reading John 15 where it said, any branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts it off and throws it in the fire. Now, I had no theology, and that word spoke straight to my heart. Mm. The wheelhouse of the fishing boat filled with the presence of the Lord, mm. and I threw the Bible away. It was red hot in my mm. hand, and that was the start of the journey to where I am today. Okay, so you have that experience. And, and then the Monday, how did it and get then to on the... the Saturday, I had the... Holy Spirit. Okay, so what fill, I fill, us in on, Spirit. fill us in on that. You come home and... I come home. We have a little discussion. We had some YWAM friends visiting us and they were, you know, checking us out, I think, really, and helping us a little bit. And I was really wanting to know how I would hear God's voice. Mm. Um, because, you know, when I was a little kid, they used to always say, well, he's got a sixth sense, you know. I would know things. My mother would lose something. I would know where to find it or... Hmm. Um, I would know who was coming to visit or something like that. So there was a spiritual awareness right from a very young age. Mm. But um, that night, um, things totally changed. Mm. I was a very shy, a very reserved person and um, really an introvert. Um, but that night, things changed mm. and um, I became a little bit bolder. And up until then, the only thing I knew about the Holy Spirit was 
that when our minister in the Presbyterian church would say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, at the end of the service, I could go home for lunch. <laughs> That's all I knew about the uh -huh. Holy Spirit. Uh -huh. But now something had happened. And so we were sitting in the Presbyterian church that day, and I'd heard about Pentecostals swinging from the chandeliers. Yeah. You know? And we used to sit upstairs in the Presbyterian church, and there was two lights used to hang on a chain. And I really had the desire to swing on the, <laughs> to swing on the chandeliers that day. It was, it was really quite uh, something. And Yvonne's, uh, uh, in those days, we used to dress up for church. Uh -huh. you know? And uh, Yvonne's hanging on to my coat and she said, please don't jump out and please don't shout. <laughs> and her prayer suddenly changed. She said, Lord, I wanted him a little bit more enthusiastic, but this might be just too much. <laughs> Great, so you have this encounter with Jesus and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, it sounds like the book of Acts, right? What happened next? So this is kind of early days, you're getting stirred up. Kind of how did things develop in your life from there? Well, um, I was a skipper of this fishing boat, so um, things changed in my life from then on. And there was always the call of God there. You know, my first recollection of that was at my grandmother's funeral. And, you know, we were all being presented to the new matriarch of the family, this old aunt that I didn't know. And, uh, and she said, what are you going to be when you grow up? And my mother jumped in at that, oh, he's going to be a minister. Mm. And that's my first recollection of the call of God in my life. Wow. And, uh, and I had to remind her of that when she didn't like when I was a minister. Mm. And, uh, and Mom, she couldn't you told say me. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Um, yeah, and, and then it was a journey. We ended up going to Youth with a Mission, doing a discipleship training school, okay. similar to what we do in, in Antioch mm -hmm. um, in our training schools. And um, I remember walking through the, the, the corridors there, and there was this one leader. And every time he passed me, we went to the south of England to do this course. Every time he would pass me, he would say, oh, here's the prophet from the north. Hmm. And I'm thinking... I remember saying to Yvonne, there's a guy and he's always saying, speaking to me about being a prophet from the north. I'm not making any profit in this place. My fishing boat's in the northeast. <laughs> How can I make a profit here? What's a profit? What uh, kind of profit? I didn't know what a profit was. So. Anyway. Great, so keep going. So he's talking to you about this. Yeah, That's very he, different from he, a Presbyterian yeah, fisherman, right? It's very, very different, yeah. you know? So here's this Presbyterian you know, and uh, we didn't hug or anything. We, we didn't even shake hands. I mean, <laughs> we would put our hands behind our back and give a little nod. You know, that was it. That was good morning. Uh, our minister would hold his Bible like this at the end of the service in case someone would touch him. Mm. You know? But anyway, um, things have changed. And uh, um, <clears throat> so it was, it was um, during that time that um, they would have the prophet come to the school. Okay. You know? Yeah. Everybody's usually scared when the prophet comes to the school. Yeah. Um, and because he eyeballs you, you know, and he, <laughs> he tells you all your sins. No, no, he doesn't. If he ever does that, tell me who he is and I'll come and slap him, okay? <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, and uh, so um, this guy walks up to me, his prophet, and we're in a room with about 50 students, and he walks up to me, he says, You ever prophesied? I said, No. I'm a Presbyterian. Uh, and uh, he said, why? I said, well, I don't know. We don't do that in a Presbyterian church. Mm. And uh, 
He laid hands on me. This is 1979 now. He laid hands on me and I fell on the ground. This is before Toronto. I fell on the ground. You know, I'm lying there. And, and, and he points at me and he said, when I tell you, you will prophesy. Hmm. So I'm lying on the floor there thinking, oh, my goodness, what does this sound like? So I started to practice. Thus, you know, if you have a little prof- intonation, <laughs> you, you know, thus saith God, you know, doing all this stuff, <laughs> trying, to, trying to make it sound good, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and thinking, yeah, that, 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 that's how you did it. And, and I'm just sitting there. And then all of a sudden he swung around and he said, right, you get over here and prophesy over this guy. Mm. And I remember walking across the room that day, you know, one of those kind of walks, you know, and I walked over, I touched this guy, and I started to prophesy. Hmm. And I've never stopped doing it since. Wow. That's amazing. Now, let me just ask a question, because I'm sure at least some people are thinking this. If if you meet someone, kind of, we go to lunch today, and someone says they're a prophet, or they have the gift of prophecy, it kind of raises a little bit of an eyebrow. You Mm -hmm. know, you might be wondering, is this person kind of all together? Not that... You know, not that normal everyday conversation. I don't imagine it was very normal in the fishing culture of Scotland for, you know, to have these discussions. So how for you would you articulate to us what, what you mean is not the uh, kind of, it's crazy and out there, but in a really good way, not in a, oh, I don't know if this person's whole or normal. So, so talk to us about how you navigated that because that wasn't part of your background upbringing and how that grew in you in a really authentic and genuine way like the scripture lays out for us. Okay, well, first thing you do is become a servant. Mm. So I wanted to go, uh, you know, world mission became very much a part of my heart at that time Mm. through my YWAM experience and stuff. And uh, so I wanted our church to be a mission-oriented church. And uh, so I went on mission, I went to India in 1984 did that from 1984 to 1999. And I went with this friend of mine uh, who was a very prophetic guy. Mm. And I said, right, I'll do everything that he does. I'll submit to his, his, his authority and I'll do whatever he does. So if he gave to the poor, I gave to the poor. If he prophesied, you know, I would go to him. I said, I've got a word for this person. Would this be right? Yeah, go give it. Mm. So I would do it all in that vain and and you know really sought to follow prophetic people mm. and learn from them and mm. um, it's not a case that you okay now I'm prophetic it's um really you gotta you gotta you gotta understand submission to authority mm. when you're in any ministry mm. and if you understand that you're free to do whatever it is that God asks you to do mm. in that vein. Mm. So I would I, I learned a lot from those early days and how to prophesy and how to prophesy in love and all that all that sort of thing. Mm. And uh, the first seven years of my ministry was was what I call my wilderness years. Mm. And it's a lonely place, the northeast of Scotland. Mm-hmm. It's just a little place. And in those early days when I thought I was God's answer to everything, there was nothing happening. Mm. Because he had to work on this heart first. Mm. And wow. then that's when I started to learn more about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, you know, put together some teachings on it to learn myself as well, and also to teach our people on that, in that way. And that's where I grew. It, you know, it's like Elijah being in his cave 
I think Elijah grew in that cave mm. as much as he did anything mm. else. Wow. So let me just distill a couple of things I think are significant. So what you're hearing, if you're thinking, man, I want to grow in the spirit. One of the things I hear Joe saying is there's a deep relationship with Jesus that's transforming his life. He and his wife together then get involved in a discipleship school, an environment to grow and learn. Within that school, there's a mentor or a leader that begins to call out gifting, that sees things in him and calls out what God is, is where God's at work in his life. And then you're letting God work on you and your character. You're learning from the scripture and then you're getting around other mentors that are showing you and helping you grow in, in your spiritual gift. Would that be kind of an accurate summary? Absolutely right. So if someone's sitting in the audience and they're wanting to grow, those might be some, some principles they could glean from your experience of ways that, yeah. that God might grow them in there. Let me ask you another question. For those of us that are like, you know what, I'm probably not a prophet. I don't even really know about the gift of prophecy. Yeah, I read it in scripture and I see that it's at work in the life of the church. What would be some ways that that me as a normal kind of everyday average Joe uh, could could grow in this or begin to experience this? Or is it just for a select kind of few that have an experience like you did where someone calls and tells you this is who you are? What would you say to that? Well, we all have a call of God and we're all different. But the Bible does say in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 31, that we can all prophesy one by one that all may be encouraged and all may learn. And that's so important for us as believers mm. because the New Testament church needs to be a place of encouragement. Mm. And um, as there's a, a prophet called Larry Randolph that I learned a lot from as well. Um, um, many years ago. And he, he always put it this way, prophecy is encouragement. Mm. And so we can all prophesy because we can all encourage. And that's the essence of any prophet's ministry is encouragement. Mm. It's not judgment, mm -hmm. it's encouragement. Mm. And um, so it's important that we learn to encourage one another and as you do that, you'll find that, that people will begin to, it'll begin to bear fruit. Like I said to you, people will say, why is it that you can do what you do as far as the prophetic is concerned? And I said, well, someone called me out one day and, and the prophetic, and I never, ever stopped doing it. Because it says in, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 25, it says, that God took some of the spirit that was on Moses and he put it on the 70 elders. And, and they started to prophesy. And then it says this, but they didn't continue doing it. Hmm. And that's the key. We got to continue doing it. Did Israel stay in the wilderness for 40 years because our leaders stopped encouraging? Hmm. And we're called to be the leaders of the nations. Mm -hmm. The only way the nations are going to change is through you and me. Wow. And it's only as we go with a word of encouragement. So you may hear prophecies about judgment over America. Don't believe them. Mm -hmm. Rather, get out there and start encouraging your nation where it's at today and let's see her turn around. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, one of the things, so I've known you now for 17 or 18 years 
And God's used you in my life and my wife's life and our life together so many times. And one of the things I've learned from you is just seeing the consistent way that you encourage people. And there have been so many times where you've come through when we're in a tight spot or whatever, and you just brought a real word of encouragement to us. And I just know our family has been changed by that. And I know there are many in our church that have experienced that ministry of encouragement from you. So I want to honor you for that. And I want to ask you, what's the difference between, like I can come up with an encouragement kind of on my own for someone. Hey, you, 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 know, you brought snacks to Life Group and they were really good. Uh, type encouragement, but amen there, yeah. But there's also an aspect of this. It's not, you're talking about not just me kind of coming up with something, but the Holy Spirit working uh, encouragement in my life for someone else. At least that's what I understand. Is yeah. that what you would yeah. say? So, yeah. so how, if that's the case, would I begin to cultivate kind of the, the aspect of, no, I, I may not be sure, but I think this is from the Lord, more than just, wow, that was great, you know, queso, right? How, how would you, how would, how could I grow in that second type of encouragement? Oh, queso, right. Okay, okay so, so. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, a little bit more encouragement. Uh, that, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, right, well, it, it, it works a little bit like this, that, you know, I always say to people, you can come to church one of two ways. You know, you wake up in the morning looking as though you're baptized in lemon juice, you know? <laughs> and and you, you're just, you're, oh, I don't want to go today, you know? I just don't want to go, you know? And, you know, you got Mr. Murray here, and he thinks, ah, I'm not going to go today. But then he's thinking, well, I better go, because Zach will call me if I don't go, you know? <laughs> so I'm just going to go, and I'm going to sit in the back. I'll take my Bible with me. I'll just sit in the back, and I won't talk to anyone and you're sitting there looking as miserable as sin, mm. you know? And, uh, you know, have you ever seen, you ever been to church when there's someone like that, you know? E even I've been that person. Have you been that person? <laughs> have you ever watched how people walk around you? Suddenly they're all encouraging and they see you sitting there like this, mm. you know? And then suddenly they start to tiptoe around you, you know? Mm. Ooh, we don't want to touch that today, you know? Um, or, or else you can come to church like this. Well, Lord... Um, I want to know you, I, I want, you know, you know, first the natural, then the spiritual, tells you that 1 Corinthians 15. Um, and, and so, Lord, as I'm in the shower today, I'm washing, wash me clean today, inside and out, Lord. Mm. And Lord, I want you to know that I'm available today. Mm. Wow. I'm available to you. And Lord, if you have a word of encouragement mm. that goes beyond queso, if mm. you've got a word of encouragement <laughs> for anyone today, even to bring a healing into their life or wow. something, encouragement. Lord, I'm available to you this morning. Well, and, and then this is the next question. You say, Lord, where do you want me to sit today? Mm. What? Where do you want me to sit? I always sit in the same place. Mm. <laughs> right, but you see, the thing is, we as people need to be spiritual. You all know what this building looks like on the inside. Mm. So... Just in your mind's eye, you begin to see the, the, the way the seats are laid out and ask the Lord to highlight an area for you to sit down. Come in faith and believing that the two or three people around you are there for you to encourage. Oh. That's how I would do it. That sounds good. So now let, let, me, let me go a different way. Um, 
What if someone's sitting here and they're like, you know what? I actually think that God may have gifted me in this area more than just the all can prophesy one by one. Maybe they've had an experience mm-hmm. like what you're talking about, or maybe they're just this kind of something resonates inside of them that that's an area to grow. How would I go beyond just the ministry that every Christian has to move in the prophetic to this is like a spiritual gift that God uses me somewhat regularly in. How would I begin to pursue that? Um, I love God to deal with your pride, number one. Mm. Wow. Because um, there's nothing worse than a proud prophet or prophetic person. Mm. Um, and, and what often happens, and then get over, get over the poor little me syndrome because there's this thing that I call rejected prophet syndrome, and it's this. Because we want to be seen, mm. you know, my word, what have you done, Pastor, about the word I gave you, mm. you know, rather than being humble mm. before the Lord. So humility is the key to the prophetic ministry. Wow. Um, always the key to it. And as I said before, submit yourself to someone who you know is stronger in the gifting than mm. you are mm. and learn in that way mm. as you do that. That's awesome. So find a men, get humble, find a mentor. That's great. Share with us kind of uh, as we wrap up our time, I'd love for you to share a story or two of the way, just some things that would encourage us in the way that God's moved through you or kind of your prophetic team uh, in ways that'd be like, wow, that's, that's remarkable. Well, what are some of your favorite stories? Uh, one of my favorite stories is that in 1989, there was a team came to our church um, and it was a second um, um, discipleship school that had been, that come from Waco. It was led by a guy called Jimmy Seibert. I don't know if you've heard of him. Sure. But um, he's known kind of around the, the Antioch movement yeah, some. Maybe so. And, um, and I, remember, I remember meeting him in that, in that, that time, and I think I'd prophesied over him then. And that led to kind of, uh, a life's journey of us walking together. Mm. And it was during that time that that I gave him, you know, I was in Scotland and that's before the days of cell phones or even emails. And uh, I remember calling him up one day and giving him that scripture in Isaiah 54, two mm. and three. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes and mm. so on. Which has become the life message or word for our cornerstone yeah. word for the whole movement yeah. and that's been fun yeah that's been great fun uh, robert herbert who you'd hear last year i remember the day i scared him to death because mm. we were learning to walk in the holy spirit together he was in the training school in waco and uh, those were fun days mm. as we saw god move and see god saw god do some uh, great th- things in the in the midst of his journey mm. um, as well, and there's been various different things. I, I, there's a real precious word. You see, you give a lot of words, but you don't get a lot of feedback. Mm. But over the last three years, I think it's about every week. There's an email or a message comes to me. You said this, or you said that, and there's one very precious one came to me just the other week. Um, from a young lady um, in South Africa who has, you know, been, you know, I worked with Floyd McClung's ministry as well, and she was in his school, and um, I prophesied over her, and 
I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a long story. But anyway, the, the shortened version is, I said, them, you know, there's something of death hanging over your life. Mm. And I, I'm going to take authority over every suicidal thought that's ever going on in your mind. Mm. And I remember that day I, I took authority over, over anything of death and suicide that would be in our family or around our life. And I remember just praying the prayer and then I clapped my hands mm. and um, it broke something in our life wow. um, that day. And she's writing to me she's, and, and uh, I remember she was sitting looking very sad mm. the next day and, and I walked, I said, what's the matter with you? And she said, I hate me. Mm. And I hate the thought of marriage. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, I remember talking to her and prophesying over her um, stuff to do with that. And, um, and now she's um, in a place near China, her and her husband. She's a black girl. He's a Caucasian man. Mm. They're married. They're part of a big ministry now in, in China, in, in that area, and um, doing a great job. Wow. And she's, she's writing to thank me. Wow. For the word that was given, wow. that set her free from suicidal thoughts, set her free from the fear of marriage, wow. set her, you know, just words of encouragement wow. that break things free in wow. people's lives Man. and and help to to set them free in that way. Wow, that's so encouraging. So we're here getting close to the end of our service, our time together. I think we'd all be happy to sit all day and listen to stories. And if you're in this training school, you can sign up for next semester. Joe will be in there, and you get more time with him. But uh, tell us now, for our family of churches, the Antioch kind of movement, what's something that you sense from the Lord for kind of us as a church family? Well, I think we're in the most exciting days of, that we've ever been in. Mm. It was last November I was here, and I was praying in Jimmy Seibert's office, praying for different people through the, people through the day. And this one particular day... Um, it was a long day, and I was seeing people from 9.30 in the morning until 5, every half hour a different person praying for them. Mm. And um, it was during that day the Lord had said to me, he said, I've opened a portal of favor over the Antioch movement. Mm. And, um, and I started to pray for that, you know, and, and been praying that over this, this year. And when I, I got the word, I saw this picture of a river, a big wide river, becoming narrow. Mm -hmm. And when a river narrows, the water gets faster, as we know. And what the Lord said is that the, the narrowing of the river and the water getting faster is the accelerated answers to prayer that we're going to see in this season wow. that we're in. Um, Chris Vallotton had a similar word after that, he had won in, in March. I hear that Dutch Sheets has had that word of acceleration recently. Mm. And I really do believe that as we believe, you see, the thing is, I could prophesy over any of you today and come back next year and say, and you say to me, you prophesied over me, but it didn't happen. And then what I'm going to turn and say to you, but what did you do about the word that you got? Mm. Because it's not just a case of, Receiving a word. Oh, I received a word. Who's next? I'll get another word. You mm. can collect all the words you want, but unless you step out and do the word of God, mm. nothing is going to happen. Mm. 
Wow. And uh, so it's it's a case of believing, mm. you see? So that's for the Antioch movement. But I got a word for you, Zach, and, and, and for the church here. And, uh, and so I'm going to get you to do something for me. Okay. I'm going to get you to read this scripture here from, it's Isaiah 60, mm. from verse 21. And I don't want you to look at the, 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 the you know, the, the start of the next chapter. Okay. I want you to read to the end of verse 3 for me. Could you do that? Because yes, I believe it's a prophetic word for this church. And if you want to receive it, you could just do this. Mm. Amen. As he reads it. Okay. Also, your people shall all be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Obviously, this is God speaking. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. Could you just repeat that part? A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolation of many generations. I believe that's the word of the Lord for you. Amen. Do you know why? Why? Because the spirit of the Lord is upon you. Mm. Because God's called you for such a time as this. Mm. You and I would have had the whole team up here had we had time to do that. And I really do believe, verse 21, hastening it, hastening it in its time, mm. that as this part of Antioch, I want to say to you that the favor of God is upon you as a people. Amen. And the acceleration of the answers to prayer mm. is now here. And expect that for healing. Expect that um, in your businesses. Expect that in your situation, whatever it might be, that the Lord would begin, you'll begin to see the acceleration of things that you've been looking for for many years, maybe some of you, but you're looking for an accelerated answer. You know that thing that you've been trying to buy a house and it's just, it's not moving forward? Mm. I I prophesy the breaking Mm. of that right now in Jesus' name. You know, you've not seen the answers to certain things in your life. You're going to start to see it Mm. because the Lord's promise and the Lord's favor Mm. is on us in this Mm. time and in this season. Amen. That's amazing. You guys don't know this, but last week, uh, a former member of our church who now lives in a different city sent in a dream that she had that said, hey, I'm new to this, but like God gave me this dream that was around this exact verse. So that's pretty significant. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm there glad to go. get one right now yeah, and again. There you go. Wow. So would you t- just as we close, would you take a moment to pray for us and then we'll dismiss yeah. today? Could we all stand? Could I just ask you to open your hands like this? Mm. You know, if you were part of the early days of, the, of, of um, Holy Trinity Brompton, there used to be a Scotsman that led that, by the way, started the Alpha Course. And uh, he would say, 
let's get into receive mode. Mm. So look at your hands as you begin to receive from the Lord by the Holy Spirit. You've been learning over this season about how the Holy Spirit works. Let him work right now in your heart and in your mind. Mm. Say the word acceleration. Look at your hands. Acceleration. When we say you would think of that word, you'd be thinking about your feet. But look at your hands mm. and receive from the Lord. Mm. And I pray for the, 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 the favor of God, mm. the portal of favor to be over, opened over you as an individual, mm. over you as a family, over you as a, a, in, within your own family at home, over your businesses, over your work, over your school studies, over every aspect and every area of your life, over your health and every area of, of your life and who you are today in Jesus' name. And I say to you today, receive from the Holy Spirit now in Jesus' name. And let acceleration in the right sense of what God wants to do in your heart and in your life. Let it begin to happen. Let it set you free in ways maybe that you need to be set free today. Maybe you need to come back to the Lord today. Be, let it accelerate right now in your heart and in your, love, your life. That the love of God would break through in new ways in who you are. I pray that you would walk from this room. This would be a, the, the Advent time would be a time of accelerated favor in your heart and in your life. And as you enter into the new year, you'll enter into it knowing that it's a favorable time and that is a forever done deal in the Lord Jesus. Just as, as your pastor has declared it today, in the name of Jesus, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, Antioch and um, um, Dallas, um, because he has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor, mm. proclaiming release to the captive, recovery of sight to the blind, and setting free those who are downtrodden, and proclaiming the year of God's favor. Yeah. Now keep looking at your hands and do this. Look at me for a second. Do this. Receive it. Mm. Put it in your heart right mm. now. It's a simple act. Put it into your heart right now. Now, the greatest words of faith. It was a, it was a, it was a Texas preacher that first said this, that I first heard say this. Not far from here. He, say, he would say it this way. The greatest words of faith that can ever come out of your mouth are, thank you, Jesus, because I've received. Now, receive it. It's your first Christmas gift of the, of, of the Advent. Receive it now. Take it. In Jesus' name. It's yours. It's yours. It's not going to happening. It is happening in Jesus' name. You've just received it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, it's, your enthusiasm for this word overwhelms me. Come on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, just like when you have your favorite family member come from out of town, you stay up a little bit later, you hang out a little bit longer than normal. Service went a little bit longer than normal. So if you're a parent... If you could go pick up your child, uh, children's ministry would be thankful for everyone else. You are dismissed. We'll see you next week. God bless you as you go. Well, I hope that encouraged you. If this message spoke to you, if God's doing something in your life, I'd love for you to send us an email and let us know. You can do that by just hitting reply on any of the emails you get from us. Wait, what's that? You don't get emails from us. 
Oh man, why don't you go to our website and you can sign up for our community newsletter. Once a week, you'll get updates on what's going on, what God is doing in our midst, and we would love for you to be a part. Uh, if you've enjoyed this series of podcasts, I'd love for you to go on iTunes and leave a review. It helps other people find out uh, about this stuff. Love you guys, and we'll see you next week.